Welcome to Bryce and Ren in Cory in the House, episode three. Today we'll be talking about the third episode of Cory in the House, Everybody Loves Mina. I am Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. And with me today is uh, the one, the only Renan Fontes. Renan, how are you? I'm doing well. I got married uh, this morning. I know. I can hardly believe it. So do, do you want to share why the, uh, the this morning aspect? What was up with that? So today is November 1st, uh, mm-hmm. 2020. Today at 2 a.m., the time change for daylight savings, giving the day 25 hours instead of 24. So there you go. So you get that that extra long um, celebration. Well, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for Nicole. So congrats. And, uh, and we were talking about how it ties in perfectly with this episode of Cory in the House because love is certainly in the air in the White House tonight. That's right. Everybody loves Mina tonight. Yeah. Oh, they, they certainly do. Um, so, so an important thing to note about this episode. Yeah, go for it. This is the third episode we've seen of Corey in the house. Mm-hmm. It is not the third episode of the show. That is interesting. The third episode is actually Beat the Press, which is the 10th episode. So um, Everybody Loves Mina is one of five episodes that does not have a production code. Strange. Which means it's either episode four, five, seven, eight, or nine. So that's that's interesting to me and kind of changes my perspective on the episode itself. It does. It changes a lot, doesn't it? It does. Uh, so then it was, uh, this, since it doesn't have a production code, was this still the third aired episode? Or... Yes, this was the, this was the third aired okay. episode, but... These set of five episodes following the first two episodes mm-hmm. have no production code. So weird. It, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really know why they would do that. Because it definitely didn't feel like... it. Even the second episode last week still felt like we were getting into the universe of Cory in the House. This yeah. episode felt like, um, like we've been here for a little bit. Yeah, thing characters felt established, not clearly not in a way that you and I can recognize because mm-hmm. we only see two episodes. Yep, but it was clear that knowing that it takes place later, it's obvious that it takes place later within the season. That's so strange. Um. Okay, so that that'll definitely need to be kind of in the back of our minds as we walk through. Yeah. This this episode. Um. Before we kind of dive into the the what happened in it, uh, we'll give it an overall rating at the end. But what did you think of the episode? I <laughs> it truly de- derailed by the end in not necessarily in a bad way, but in a way. Yeah, it, this is an episode that kept escalating. It did, and unlike the other two episodes that we've seen of Cory in the house i felt like this episode i really really loved the b plot and the mm-hmm. a plot just made me mad it, it made me, me too. So i have a lot of thoughts about uh the a plot this episode yeah uh so then let's let's kind of dive in with that okay. as our table setting so the show opens with Cory and mina studying in Cory's living room 
Uh, and my initial thought seeing this is what is the clearance to get into the White House if you're Corey's friend? Because well, they Nina, live in the downstairs. They do, so maybe they're just allowed to go in and out whenever they want. Since they I don't mean, live. Newt can slide in and out whenever, <laughs> and he most certainly does this. So in this scene, we see Corey and Mina studying, and Newt, uh, as you uh, alluded to, Ren, Newt literally slides in uh, behind, like in the background on his guitar, into the scene, into the shot. Yeah, uh, and then we see him slide again in the same scene. It's very strange. Um. Corey and Mina, they're studying. Corey asks Mina what answer she got on the question. And Mina says, Wisconsin, kind of like in a scurried voice. And Corey, uh, Corey's like, oh, we're doing algebra, so that doesn't make any sense. And Mina just says, oh, it's, it's girl stuff. Don't worry about it. All I can think about with most of the time with Corey in the house's jokes mm-hmm. is just how low effort they always are. Yeah. It's always just the first joke you can make based off what's happening with no digging beyond the surface. Exactly. And Except when, you know, Stickler's involved, then <laughs> all logic goes out the door. Yes, they. I completely agree with that. This joke was worthless. It, like, why even bother to make it, in my opinion? There's no humor in her saying Wisconsin. Because based on the structure of the joke, Corey then says, oh, I'm doing algebra. And so it's, you know, I guess the joke then is like, oh, how can you, it can be Wisconsin and it's algebra. For Corey finding out that she hearts CB, that she's not paying attention to the homework. So he looks at the notebook. Why does he look through the, why does he look at the notebook? I mean, yeah, I guess it's because of the, because she says girl stuff. And so he instantly thinks like, oh, there must be a reason. Like, I want to see what she's really doing and decides to get a little like prying into her, her personal notes. It's a very strange setup. Immediately Corey's doing a social faux pas. He is. Yeah. And um, he actually says a line that we'll get to later in the episode that I think is directly tied to him doing this. So Mina gets up because Newt slides in and runs into what looks like a Christmas tree. Uh, and so she gets up to help him. And uh, while she does that, Corey takes the opportunity to look in her notebook and see a big heart that says Mina and CB. Who else could be CB, Ren? Uh, I have no clue because we haven't been introduced yeah. to anyone with those initials other than Corey, Corey Baxter. Now yeah. I'm curious to see if, uh, what's his name? Uh, Craig Berkowitz. Craig Berkowitz, yes. I'm curious if he'll show up in the episodes that are supposed to... Since it's now out of order. Yeah, like the earlier ones. You're right. It, we'll definitely have to keep track of it because it could be... Um, this episode ends with Craig and Mina seemingly together. Yeah. So it, it'll be weird if in the next few episodes, Corey is still heavily crushing on Mina with no mention of Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know, I, I looked at Craig's IMDb, which we'll get to in a moment, but he is in two episodes of Corey in the House. Oh, so we okay. do see him again. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Corey sees this note that says Mina and CB in Mina's uh, notebook. And so she be- he now believes that that means uh, Mina likes him. Uh, we hear Sophie in the other room say, anyone home? And Newt slides on his knees the other direction and he goes into the kitchen where Sophie is, and Newt says, that was awesome. And so we get to the button of this episode before we get into the credits, in which Sophie then says, yes, you are. 
and then newt mugs mm-hmm. and the heart eyes are there love is in the white house sophie has found her match and it is newton i wasn't <laughs> expecting this to be the saving grace of the episode me neither but he- hear me out i think it was the saving grace run because it didn't smack us over the head we this plot line if i'm correct was three scenes including this one it also felt like something i feel like could have realistically been in that so raven yeah definitely nice low stakes decent message at the end cute little back and forth with all the characters involved yeah so um that's our button for it we go to the credits uh like i mentioned last week i do want to use the space in the credits to dive a little bit into who these uh like guests actors are in some of the different casts and so don't worry uh we are about to learn more about craig berkowitz or uh jaren varsberg uh oh, he's so in two episodes is that between seasons one and two or just in season one i believe it's between season one and two because his second um appearance in it is uh the next year okay so it's, it's a year of difference so i don't i guess it depends on when they aired yeah, but, I'm, I'm going to assume it's probably season two in that case. Yeah, so uh, to those who haven't watched the episode, we do later find out Craig Berkowitz is really the person who Mina's been crushing on. We learn a lot about Craig. Uh, he is a lovely human being. Very, very lovely person. And Everything uh, about him is extremely pleasant. It is. He's, it's not like usually in these shows, they make it so the main character is likable and this other boy is someone who you just detest like he's mean not he's cory in the house not cory in the house instead they they switch it around on us and they make cory look a little bit like a, a douchebag would you say that cory is unlikable in this episode 100 percent, cory is unlikable i would say on a whole across these oh. three first three episodes i would say cory is unlikable he has not had a lot of redeemable aspects to him and this episode was I, arguably his worst so far. I completely agree with that. He Genuine is... scumbag from start to finish. Yep. Uh, <laughs> very much so. So I want to I get into Jaren a little bit. And then yes, we'll yes. Get please. back into the episode. So he, uh, my question for you, Ren, a couple of trivia things. So when do we think, uh, do you think his last acting gig was? Uh, 2013, 2018, or 2020? I'm going to say... 2013 that is uh is correct so after his time on uh after his time in cory in the house he went ahead and was in uh a short called dark melody Mm -hmm. in 2013 that was it that's 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 the last time that we've heard of him wait was that the only thing he did after cory in the house uh, he was also in something called All Ages Night in 2009. So that was directly after Cory in the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me quickly pull up what All Ages Night is. Uh, a teenage rock band believed one night on stage would change their life. And he is... He's on the front page for the IMDb, but he's like 10 names down. So. Fella. Yeah, it looks like it was uh, maybe a straight to like dvd movie uh-huh. all all ages night uh so that's you know that's a little bit about him he was in zoe 101 he played leif before cory in the house i don't know who leif is and then in icarly he played upset kid number one so you know he worked his way through the the circuit of popular shows for 
I don't know, tweens. And then yeah, made his way to the that house. That'd be the right demographic. And then, uh, so he is, he's listed as an actor and a director because he made a short film, which I did watch. It's on YouTube called The Puddles Dependency. I have come up, Ren, with four different plots for The Puddles Dependency, and I want you to pick out which one you think is the correct uh, actual plot of this short film that he made called uh, The Puddles Dependency. And what year was this? Uh, This was in... I believe it was when he was in college. uh, 2011. Okay, 2011, college age. All right. Yep. All right, so uh, option one, uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, all of the world's water resources, I also, uh, these are in my own words because I didn't want it to to be super skewed. So option one, in a post-apocalyptic world, all of the world's water resources have dried up except for one large puddle located where central Manhattan used to be. Uh, This is the story of that puddle uh, when a new faction comes into town and tries to take it over. Okay. Uh, option two, a comedy short film about a young couple with a new force firstborn unsure how to change the baby's diaper. Option three, a middle-aged man tries to overcome his dependency of a stuffed animal named Puddles. And option four, a group of kids play outside on a rainy day and discover there's more to Puddles than meet the eye. Option three. Yeah, yes. yeah, it is. Uh, he, you know that he he directed, wrote, and I don't think he started. I didn't see him, um, <laughs> but he directed and wrote a short film about a middle-aged man trying to overcome his dependency of a stuffed animal named Puddles. It was a very rough short film. It was a guy waiting in line to audition for like a show, and the whole time he's thinking about how he can't believe he still relies on the stuffed animal that he has with him. Uh, uh-huh. And the stuffed animal's in a paper bag as well because he's so embarrassed to have it with him. Uh, he thinks about what he would rather do than like, be found out for having it, and that includes such serious acts as um, wishing that he was uh, shot down and uh, or <laughs> hung or strapped through an electric chair. (laughs) So that is his original film. And the guy then goes into audition and he accidentally leaves the stuffed animal on the check-in table where another little girl who's auditioning, or a little girl who's auditioning finds it and uh, takes it home with her. So it's a happy ending. Well, I suppose. The puddle's dependency. And so that just, I think, gives us a little bit of insight into the actor and the character of Craig Berkowitz. Like, this is what's going on in his mind. (laughs) Um, That's really all I could find on him. He's, you know, pretty undercover. All right. We're going to get back into the episode now that we have that that background for our guest actor. Uh, You mentioned Stickler. He's back. He plays a big role this episode. He does. Did you feel like his character was very different in this episode than the first time we saw him he came off more like a cartoon villain than he did last (laughs) time yeah like truly treacherous and villainous 
rubbing his fingers, sniveling in the background. Cartoon villain. I didn't actually. I did not think of that exact term, but that's perfect for what he was in this episode. And I felt like in the first episode, he was pretty competent. So much so that he like bested Corey. Yeah, I agree. In this episode, it seemed like he was on a completely different plane, completely different level than Corey, because he was completely missing the the shots the entire time. So Corey is back at school. He's walking to the quad. Stickler approaches him and says he knows Corey was studying with Newton Mina and uh, wants to know if Mina mentioned him. Also, Corey's like, how did you know I was with Newton Mina? Stickler says, I have a CIA cell phone tracker. And Corey's like, okay, but how'd you know we were all together? And he this, says... This isn't the first time we've run into this problem with Corey in the house. Correct. Yeah, because we saw it in the first episode. Stickler says, uh, I, was, I was watching through the window. <laughs> okay, we're talking the White House. Ren, have you ever been to the White House or seen the White House? There, let's also keep in mind, Corey lives in the basement. <laughs> you're right there's no windows <laughs> there's no way stickler could have seen them no i uh, i was completely forgot about that aspect as well that even if they were in a place there are windows uh yeah so i just again i'm concerned about the security of this white house i feel like there's none well we already decided that everyone in the cabinet before President Martinez died. <laughs> so we can assume that the U.S. government right now is not well shambles as they put President Martinez in charge of everything. Uh, so Stickler asks Corey, hey, did Mina mention me? And Corey says, uh, like, is like, oh, don't you have anything better to do than spy on Mina? And I thought this line was interesting considering in the first scene of the episode, Corey literally spied on Mina by checking out her notebook. Corey really has no right trying to reprimand. No. And this whole episode, he totally plays himself off to be the better person. He's so smug and he's like, I'm looking out for like everyone's best interest, but that's not what he's doing. He's just being selfish. And And he never has a moment where he can actually confess to Mina what he's done. And exactly. Yeah. it, it's arguable if they even need to, considering how distant Mina is in this episode about Mina, which is in itself an issue. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's so, it's <laughs> so Corey tells Stickler, uh, very happily, Corey's like, uh, she's actually crushing on CB. And Stickler, this, so this plays into your cartoon villain line. Stickler's like, CB, CB, who could Corey Baxter be talking about? Which is, a total 180 on his character. The first episode, I feel like first episode Stickler, he would have known exactly what well, that meant. He masterminds that whole situation to get Corey on the horse, and then Corey falls headfirst into horse shit. Yeah, and then cut to two episodes later, he's struggling to figure out that Corey Baxter in CB could potentially be the same person. Uh, okay. They go into the school. Mina runs to Corey. She's excited and to tell Corey that she has a crush on someone. And Corey's like, "All right, let me hear it. Like, tell me how much you love me. I'm so ready for this." And that's when and Corey's like, "I feel the same way, Mina." 
and Mina's now confused, and she's like, you like Craig Berkowitz, too? Craig Berka who what's it? <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Such a stupid line. And um, it's again. They were oh, so d- proud of it, they said it twice. We got, I didn't realize that we got two Craig Berka who uh, Stickler says it Stickler, at the end. Yeah. Yep, when, uh, when he realizes who it is, that makes sense. Uh, so we learned Craig is captain of the polo team. So again, they're setting us up for this idea that Craig is going to be a bit of like maybe a potential douchebag. Like someone, yeah, someone who we don't root for. And we actually, we don't see him in this scene. Uh, we learned that he borrowed Mina's pencil when he already had a perfectly sharpened pencil. Um, Corey says, maybe Craig's collecting pencils. Some guys are into that. Corey, uh, Corey was not firing on all cylinders today. And it, it, it all ties back to the issue with writing in the writer's room. It's, yeah. It's so unambitious, I think is the right word. Mm-hmm. It doesn't there's, inspire to be anything. No, they're so complacent with just getting from point A to point B. And throwing... There are some cute moments every now and again. Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. Like I, I said, the B-plot in this episode was a lot of fun. And it wasn't even necessarily funny. It was just fun. Charming. Yeah. Nice way to use characters that weren't being used in the episode. Um, so, Mina... Th- this next note is, I thought was strange. So... Uh, as Mina and Corey are still talking in the hall, Mina says she doesn't have ex- uh, like doesn't have experience dating other guys, but she knows when a guy likes her. And then Corey's like, "I like you," and Mina says, "I like you too." Now back to Craig. Yeah, that was a. I also thought that was a weird exchange, and I wasn't sure how to read that moment. It's like it, and it, one of my problems with Corey in this episode uh, is that he continuously. It's like he is talking to the audience. And then he, it's like he's yes. all of a sudden like put back into it. And so there's a lot of, he a lot, yeah, a lot of jokes where he's like, he says one thing and Amina's like, what? Or yeah. someone's like, what? And then he's like, oh, well, actually, like what I really mean is this. Like, it's, so it's, it just feels so inconsistent and it happens over and over and over in this episode. It does. Every scene between Corey and Mina follows pretty much, it's, it's the same joke each, each time. Mm-hmm. that's the problem the joke is Corey likes mina mina likes craig Corey lies to mina the lies help mina and craig form chemistry mm-hmm. and it's all egg on Corey's face but the problem is that's every single scene we're not seeing any variation there's no change on the joke on the beat the mm-hmm. closest instance of the dynamic being challenged within the episode itself is adding stickler at the purple lobster but we'll get there yeah uh so this scene ends with um mina's like oh what do i do if he asks me out uh should i play it cool or should i give it a little bit of time and Corey's like no give it a lot of time so this is when Corey decides that he's gonna sabotage the relationship very mean yeah super mean just on the not even looking at how close their friendship would be at this point. Regardless, this is just a mean thing to do to a friend. Even if you have a crush on them, it's not right. No, M- Mina runs to Corey at the beginning of the scene, so excited to talk to Corey about this, and Corey makes it all about him and gives her terrible advice. So, 
and not only gives her terrible advice, uses that advice to manipulate Mina into going on a date with him that he hasn't explained the full intent to her. Yeah. He's so mean in this episode. He's not a likable character at all. No. Uh, and so we, uh, we end this scene. We cut back to the White House to our B-plot. Sophie is making a strawberry heart on a cake uh, with Victor in the background. She tells Victor that she has something on her mind. She likes a boy but doesn't know what to do. Um, and this is just like, it's kind of a cute, innocent scene. Like, Victor suggests, oh, why don't you invite her over? You want to have, like... the first real good use of Victor in the show that we've seen. Yeah, because he... He's he, actually a real parent. He is a real parent. He's just like, oh, Sophie wants... Like, Sophie clearly has this really kind of cute crush. And I don't see any harm in encouraging her to, like, sure, like, invite this, invite this boy over. Maybe you can have a tea party. I'll, you know, and he's like, he, I'll even do the tea party. I'll even put it together. Yeah. So it's, it's just cute. It's nice. And then we cut to Newt at school, who is amped because he's received an invite to a tea party at the White House. Uh, to play at get- the tea party. Yeah, to, to br- he's specifically asked to bring his guitar, and he assumes that it's for the president. He's like, yeah, the president wants to hear more of my guitar playing and sliding all around. Uh, I'm a little bit also thrown off by his excitement about this because earlier in the episode we saw him in the white house mind you it was the basement so he's sliding around in the basement of the white house and so i don't understand why he's is he just excited because he gets to go upstairs in the white house he gets this to be amongst like maybe the president is that why he's so excited in this scene based on what we know we have to assume that Corey isn't allowed upstairs unless he has explicit permission from the president or sophie yeah i'm taking this letter from newt as a sign that he's not only being given free reign to the upstairs mm-hmm. but he's being met with respect by the president himself yeah because cory so at first cory's like oh like that's not a big deal and then once newt says like oh it's and it's with the president and everything cory is impressed so i think that that's actually a pretty good call is cory even though the he claims the white house is his house he's very much so limited to the two rooms that we've seen <laughs> while as we've been told the president and, and everyone is upstairs so um so newt's so excited he leaves to go get his guitar ready for this tea party for the president and mina tells uh comes in and tells cory that playing it cool is not working mina suggests being uh friendly and cory says oh guys don't like girls who are friendly and this is where it gets uh offensive a little bit yeah this is where this is where the episode veers from Corey being all right he's clearly doing something he's clearly acting this way so he can learn a lesson mm-hmm. to just genuinely being problematic yeah so it becomes to me what bothers me is so mina straight up says like oh in my culture if you like someone you ask them out on a date and like you see if you two are compatible and Corey's like that's not how we do it here in america so it, it kind of uh tears that, that, up the whole lesson from last week to that kind of back and forth that's not that doesn't hold up well under scrutiny no not at all and it's like he's taking advantage of her yes absolutely that's her, exactly. like ignorance to it and mm-hmm. it's just not 
funny. It's kind of strange to see. And as it's a result, sense of Corey in the house handling issues of culture, even on like a basic conceptual level, mm-hmm. is abysmally poor. Well, because it, what kills me is that it didn't need to be about Mina's culture. They didn't even need to mention Mina's culture. It could no, have just it been Mina's young and has never dated a boy before. And they could have continued to play off of that. But instead yeah. they bring in, oh yeah, like uh, Mina doesn't know what she's doing because she, like she's not like most Americans. Like it, it's just awful. It, it turns the whole miscommunication on Mina's part into a cultural thing. Yeah. Which yep. it, it was at before it was just like a cute crush. Mm-hmm. It was relatable. It's understandable. And that line adds a layer to it that I don't think adds anything mm-hmm. beneficial. And it adds does, something that's not good. Does our anti-hero Corey take advantage of it? <laughs> of course Corey he does. spends the whole episode taking advantage of Mina in any way he can. He tries. Yeah. Start to finish and he never stops. He just no. realizes at the end that Mina likes Craig, not that his actions were necessarily wrong. Yeah, so he uh, he's like, well, Mina, in America, this is what we do. We uh, uh, what he says is he says in America, guys want uh, girls want. Uh, sorry, guys want what they can't have is the line, and that's that's what he bases this off of. So he proposes that him and Mina now start to pretend to date to make Craig jealous although he never outright says to make craig jealous just you know no, that he way doesn't, but it's, it's it's implied yeah it goes without saying uh so then Corey says yes we can even uh let's put on a real show and go to the purple lobster because that's where craig's gonna be which he in his mind he believes craig will not be there so it's Impo- gonna an be... important detail to mention about the purple lobster yeah very out of the way from wherever yep. they are. Yeah. So, so he, we we know Corey takes the bus there. Yes, we do but know that. How far out of the way is it? A decent hike. I mean, Mina's shocked that that's where Corey wants to go, and that Craig would have anything to do with it being would have anything to do with being there. So, a decent amount, a decent distance between where they usually are in this restaurant, but. So did Corey Corey says we gotta go. Like an hour-long bus ride there. It's. I wouldn't be surprised because he does. Men- he mentions taking the bus at the end of the episode. Yeah. As well, so. Yeah, I, I would guess that it's about an hour out of the way that they end up going to go to this restaurant for Corey to hopefully not run into Craig Berkowitz. Uh, before we get to the restaurant, we see Corey in one of his two rooms getting ready at the White House with his new shirt and he has a conversation with an Abe Lincoln picture frame. He's his conscience trying yeah. to keep things fresh. It, well, it, it's, it's the joke that every single scene where a character has their conscience appear does mm-hmm. where, oh, we manifested as some sillier thing to keep it interesting. Um, who was... Was this actor anyone or was it just a random... Oh, I have like, no I didn't recognize him. I didn't recognize him either. I'm actually gonna something I, I'm regretting not looking up before this. Is there a chance that this was President Martinez? That's what I thought, but 
Let's check. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I, I, it'll be a reach to, to find. But uh, um, David Bowler. So I don't think so. No. Nope, because that's not, not him. Uh, yeah, no, now we'll go down a rabbit hole of David Bowler. Uh, Looks like he's played Abe Lincoln in a few things. Yeah, in uh, Wizards of Waverly Place, he played Abe Lincoln. Cory in the House, Abe Lincoln. Uh, Abe Lincoln anywhere else. He was the greasy boxing manager in 2005's Game Over. It was a big role. Good for him, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Abe Lincoln in the Eric Andre show. Three. He's in... <laughs> Please, Abe Lincoln. Three different shows. Um, this scene was worthless. Mm-hmm. It was... Especially because Corey doesn't learn his lesson. And also you, there's... In your words, what is the lesson Corey has to learn this episode that he doesn't learn? Um... I would say respecting women is one of those lessons, but not the main lesson, but just a lesson that speaks to the magnitude of everything Corey did wrong tonight. Yeah, so I would tie it back to the first episode's lesson in which Corey learns, like, oh, you gotta be yourself and be honest, and that way you'll make friends. And Because the first episode is a very similar situation. He lies to Mina up and down and then gets caught for it. The only difference is in this episode, he doesn't get caught. Mina walks away perfectly happy. And the only lesson Koi has to learn is my scheming. Like, I didn't scheme hard enough. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the only other thing that stuck out to me in this scene uh, is at the end, Abe, so Abe Lincoln's talking about the purple lobster, and he says that he wants to go because he's heard that they have, like, uh, the best bread. Yeah, so that's, that's how he says it. Was that line improvised? I know Corey references it later, but it it literally feels like this guy forgot his lines and they had to do a single take with him and they just had to leave it in. Really? I think it was written in. Yeah, it, it was just strange, the way that he delivered it. He was... it it's, it's trying to be that funny thing where you have the uh, old-timey character saying something contemporary. Uh, but because this is Corey in the house, it's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, all right. Yeah, this scene was a waste of time. And then we get to the, the restaurant, finally. Purple Lobster. They sit down, and Mina's worried about how she looks. Corey's like, you look great. Let's try this bread. I heard it's really great. Uh, a reference to that line we were just discussing. And it is really great. Corey loves it. Uh, he eats it. And then once they see Corey... Cody's uh Cody spits, uh <laughs> hold on sorry <laughs> oh, Craig when they see Craig <laughs> there's no Cody yet there's no Cody in this episode when Corey sees Craig he spits out huge chunks of bread <laughs> onto the table Corey like, is just being so ill-mannered. At unchewed, the- <laughs> unchewed chunks of bread. Mina and Craig do not acknowledge it. Uh, so they see Craig because Craig actually works at the Purple Lobster. He doesn't just work there. His family owns the Purple Lobster. So he's learning, he's learning it from the, the ground up. From the gr- yeah, from the ground up. 
And uh, we see Craig then unfold Mina and Corey's napkins and lay them on their laps for them. So that tells us what kind of a restaurant the Purple Lobster is. Oh, freaking Craig. What's the name of his salad dance he does? Oh, I hope I wrote it down. I didn't didn't write down the name of of the... Oh, wait. uh, I just said he has a whole salad routine. I'm saying um, it's the seafarer salad. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like the the surfer surfing seafarer salad or something like that. So, um, Corey's upset to see him. Mina's amped and is like, "Oh, Corey, you're right. Craig does hang out here." Um, <laughs> Corey says to Craig after spitting out these half chewed up rolls all over the table, "How about you get us more rolls, bruh? He doesn't just say, he demands yeah. that Craig get them more bread and repeatedly. Craig, Craig talks, <laughs> talks to Mina as Corey screams, the bread, the bread, I need the bread. <laughs> what, so rude to the waiter. Terrible. And again, Craig in this scene is so sweet. He's like, Mina, like, we haven't had really a chance to talk outside of school, but it's so nice to see you. Like, It's just so nice. He's such Honestly, a nice guy. I'm going to say, the reason Craig was staring so intently at Mina was not because he has a crush on her, although he does. It's because Corey was being so aggressively mean and cruel inside the Purple Lobster. Didn't, didn't want to make eye contact with him. Would you? No. <laughs> no, so uh, Craig goes to get, get the bread, as Corey demands. And uh, Corey's like, all right, we got to go now. Now that Craig's seen you, uh, we got to teach him a lesson and not tip him. <laughs> and Mina, Mina says, oh, come on. Like, we got to do this now that we're here. And so Mina kisses Corey on the cheek. Uh, Stickler pops in in the background and sees it. So we now know Stickler's in the restaurant. And still, Stickler still believes that Corey and Mina are dating. Um, and not he does not recognize who the real CB is. Because he's figured out that Corey Baxter is, in his mind, who CB is. Um, all right, we throw it back to our B-plot here. Uh, Sophie is now ready for the tea party. Uh, she says to Victor, I don't know about you, but I got it going on. Her, her lines land in this episode in a yeah. way that they didn't land in the first two episodes. I don't know if it's her acting or if she was just directed better. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Sophie may have arguably stolen the show alongside Newt. Yeah, so Newt comes sliding in on his knees playing guitar. He's like, hello, blue room. Uh, he asks if he's in the right blue room once he sees that it's just Sophie and Victor. Victor now is like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Uh, I just pretty much told Sophie to invite Newt over for a tea party. This is a disaster. I like that Victor's plot here is him making a mistake and him being able to fix the mistake without it being undermined or it just collapsing on him in its entirety. Could you imagine if Victor taught his son uh, to handle problems in the same way that he does? (laughs) And Newt's fine. Newt and Sophie are going to be fine. Yeah, so Victor uh, now realizes that Newt's the boy. Uh, Sophie introduces Professor Cuddles. And she says, oh, Professor Cuddles is joining. And uh, Newt has one of his classic Newt one-liners where he says, if he's so smart, how come he forgot his pants? Because the bear is not wearing pants. Um, so Newt thinks that the crush is super cute, but Victor is like, nah, like this can't happen. You got to let her down. 
Uh, and then we get one more great Newt line. He says, ask my parents. I let people down all the time. Love that line. Genuinely <laughs> one of the funniest, probably the funniest thing in Cory in the house so far. I, I agree. Uh, he just delivered it so well. And uh, Sophie sits him down. They pretty much go through an entire relationship in a like a thirty second time frame. It's a and it's a great little scene. It's so cute. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Sophie's like, "We're getting married. We're gonna get a big house, swimming pool, garden, moon bounce." Newt's all in because he hears moon bounce, and then uh, so uh, so Newt's like, "Oh, my band is gonna love the moon the moon bounce," and Sophie's like, "You're not gonna have a band. That's no career." Uh, I, I, I love how she talks herself out of it. Yeah, me too. Because uh, in this, Newt barely says anything. Sophie just pretty much goes through all the steps of what it would be like to be in a relationship with Newt. Because Newt's then like, you're my wife. You're supposed to support me. And <laughs> uh, Sophie says, you're my husband. You're supposed to have a real job. Uh, which is just so good. So they go through that and they realize Sophie's like, oh, this isn't going to work out because you're so invested in your band. Uh, so Newt, Newt cuts out of it and he's like, well, Newt at first, he's like, we can save this. Like, we can go to counseling. And Sophie's like, it's not worth it. And uh, Newt, v- Victor pulls Newt back and he's like, this is good. Like, now you can leave. And Newt's like, I liked that little aside. Yeah. So Newt's like, all right, I'm good. And he leaves. Uh, as he was leaving, did you see that him and Victor had like a nice little handshake? Oh, I didn't. Just was it like a formal handshake, just like a regular? No, they like they had like a secret, uh, like sly handshake as he was leaving what? the room to signal that they pulled it off. I missed it, but I wonder if is it something that they would have worked on beforehand? Like, is Definitely, there? I think so. Okay, you think that there was a, a point in time? Maybe Corey is in uh, the other room, so Corey's in the kitchen while Victor and Newt are in the Baxter living room and they say hey let's work on our handshake for if we ever need it I mean <sighs> Victor is Newt's best friend's dad it just makes sense that they have a secret <laughs> naturally as one does uh, we end this scene with the button of Sophie saying boy do I know how to pick them <laughs> funny good yeah. line and uh, so we end this we bring it back to the restaurant where things are just getting out of control i'm convinced this these like last five pages of the script they must have been written at 3 a.m or something <laughs> there's no cohesive thread from every scene that's been in the episode up to this point to this uh, final scene uh so to, to those listening not to jump too far ahead but does this spiral into Corey uh in his underwear on the ceiling in the bathroom Wearing a suction cup <laughs> octopus. Yes, it does. In just a matter of moments, Corey Baxter will be in that exact situation, which is unreal to think about. So uh, we're back to Corey and Mina at the table. Corey is like, oh, like some waiter he is. He can't even bring us a simple salad. And then that's when Craig brings out the seafarer salad. The lighting straight up changes. It and does. He, he does a production with this. The show, the production of the show added sound effects to it. Um, and he gives Mina the salad and he says, and of course, some fresh ground pepper, just say when. And they're in this like frozen moment almost where he's just 
adding Pepper, Mina and Craig are eyes locked looking at each other and Corey's like, hey, I'm right here. When? Uh, and he's completely ignored. When? 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 Mm-hmm. Nothing. And so Corey's like, I'm going to go to the, the men's room. I'll be back. So he leaves and who would have thought that this would be the turning point? Of, of everything going downhill. Uh, Ren, I have a question for you. Yeah, so right. I, something maybe to follow. Corey goes to the bathroom, and the first thing he does when he gets in there is not go to the bathroom, but washes his hands. Maybe Corey's just really safe to ba- safe about uh holding himself when he pees. Yeah, I I don't quite know what's going on here. He never uses the bathroom either. Worth pointing out. Yeah. Yeah, so another, I don't another. I don't know why he went to the men's room in the first place. I get he needed a break, but from from the pepper action happening at the table, but it's just strange. So he comes in, he washes his hands, and then uses the uh, blow dryer. Uh, but in this case, it's a blow sucker. That's right. <laughs> he gets his shirt uh, like attached to it, and he's like, "What's going he gets on?" His wrist attached to it. Yeah, it's just like the not even the whole sleeve. You're right. It's just like the the wrist part of the yeah. sleeve of his, his um, shirt. Stickler <laughs> in the bathroom. On the he, ceiling. On the ceiling. Oh, in, in a suction cup suit. <laughs> full suction cup. He's on the ceiling. And he says uh, that, uh, you know, I, this is uh, my, I just used the CIA blower to sucker technology. And his goal is to keep Corey away from Mina, so Stickler can now come out of the bathroom and see Mina. Do you? How do we think? So if Craig's out of the picture in Stickler's world, Corey's in the bathroom. If you're Stickler and you come out to Mina, who's on a date with Corey in a full suction cup outfit, like how do you? I I just don't know what his plan is. And this com- this circles back to the cartoon villain thing. Yeah, his plan just isn't well thought out and. It it's Stickler's role in the episode is so poorly thought out that you and I, if we exert any critical thought into it, it falls apart. <laughs> hey, this is the same guy who it, it took uh, a couple of days in Showtime to figure out that CB meant Corey Baxter. <laughs> so, you know, he's not not completely all there. No. So he's on the ceiling. Corey's like, hey, that's my date. And Stickler's like, oh, you're not going to go back out there, especially not in your underwear. And that's when he presses a button and the suck machine, again, it was just attached to the sleeve, somehow rips Corey's entire outfit off of him. Leaving Leaving Corey in his underwear. (laughs) His underwear. Embarrassing for Corey. It's just so embarrassing. Not embarrassing enough where he can't get dinner and take the bus home. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That that struck me, too. After all this, you think he would call his dad and be like, hey, dad, like, can you come pick me up in my underwear? He just so, tucked it out. He did. He was like, I'll take the bus home. Uh, so he's in his underwear in the bathroom after his clothes just got sucked by the CIA blower to sucker technology. <laughs> And he's like, ah, oh, that's Stickler. Stickler's now uh, unsticks himself. He's on, on the ground. And Corey threatens him. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, I don't, I don't know about my, like, I don't know how you feel about my fist to your face technology or something along those lines. 
Stickler, instead of running out into the dining room, uh, corners himself in the bathroom instead and takes a fish off the wall, tells Corey that it's a bomb, uh, gives it to Corey. Corey believes. Corey, <laughs> Corey does believe. <laughs> buys that this fish pulled off the wall is a bomb. Stickler quickly suctions his way back up the wall. What is Corey going to do? I mean, Corey... How is Corey going to get Stickler, Ren? I mean, in a situation like this, what else do you do but grab the octopus hanging off the mirror, tie it across your body, and then use it to climb up the walls and then up the ceiling to combat your love rival? Yeah, and I think it's impressive that the Purple Lobster is putting these incredibly functional suction cup octopi in their bathrooms. I'm more impressed with Corey's upper body strength. Seriously, I wrote that too. I wrote, Corey is super strong. Because he, he's not, you said t- he ties it onto him. So I looked uh, when later on when he's standing up. It looks like it's a backpack. So he has that around his. Oh. Um, but otherwise, nothing's tied onto him. So he's, it's his, his strength and the suction cup strength that is holding him up the wall as he chases Stickler up the wall and onto the bathroom to fight Stickler. Uh, while this and is happening... They, oh, go they, ahead. They fight. They have they a fight. fight. They hit each other, and Stickler is, is, I think, winning, in my opinion. Craig and Mina... Craig says to Mina, hey, my family also owns a dessert place next door. Do you want to go grab a bite there? Mina's like, of course, let's go. Craig's like, let me go check on Corey. He might want to come with us. Corey would never invite Craig to go with them somewhere. No. And I think that speaks volumes to Craig's character. It does. I'm team Craig 110%. And he, he thought of Corey when even Mina didn't. Yeah, exactly. And Mina... can, you blame, can you blame her, but still? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's this was also strange. Craig was like, uh, so Craig goes to check the bathroom. Uh, Stickler and Corey both put their hands over each other's mouths like, don't say anything. Um, so, and could you imagine if Craig were to look up? <laughs> well, if Craig waited a second longer, he would have seen Corey and Stickler fall and snap their necks on the floor. Because <laughs> they plummet straight down. They do. <laughs> I just... Yeah, he would have found... Corey in his underwear, who was previously fully clothed in the restaurant, <laughs> tied to the octopus that was on, on their bathroom wall, on the ground, with Stickler, who was not previously seen in the restaurant, in a full black suction cup suit. Ah, what a, what a mess. So, Craig does acknowledge, he's like, oh, someone stole the octopus again. And leaves to go back out and tell Mina. He's like, hey, I didn't see Corey, but as soon as you're done, we can go. Mina grabs a face full of salad and she's like, I'm ready. They leave. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, they fall. Uh, Stickler and Corey fall off the ceiling of the bathroom. Corey clarifies to Stickler, like, hey, CB is not Corey Baxter. It's Craig Berkowitz. And uh, Stickler is upset. He's a bad spy. They go back out there to check and see if Mina's still there. They're getting some looks. And 
the end scene button is Stickler saying, or is, is Corey saying, table for two? How do you feel about that joke? Good joke? Bad joke? Um, I thought, so what I liked, I didn't like the joke, but I liked the commitment to, at the end of this, like, right before that scene closes, after Corey says that, Stickler takes a few steps towards the table. Yeah. I am led to believe that Stickler and Corey sat down and talked it out in their suction cup costumes. I don't think they talked it out, but I think they had a good dinner. Yeah. Uh, the Purple Lobster, which is really out of the way. Corey then takes what we can only deduce is an hour bus ride home. In his underwear. In his underwear. Which, I, should we reflect on this? (laughs) (laughs) What more is there to say? It's it's 100% deserved. I don't feel bad for him. Pay for his bus ride. Did the bus driver just have pity on him? (laughs) Well, maybe Corey traded the octopus for it. Maybe, maybe. Maybe maybe Corey bartered, said, I will give you this industrial suction cup octopus. Was he still wearing it at the end? Uh, I think so. Yeah, in the restaurant. Because that's when you, it's like a backpack. That's when I noticed it. So, yeah, he, he rides the bus and gets home to find Sophie. So he's now fully clothed clothed again. I think Victor said, hey, Corey, can you go upstairs and clean up? Yeah, helping his dad clean. Yeah, go clean up this tea party. Corey finds Sophie. Sophie's so upset. They talk about how love is so hard. Corey says, yeah, Lincoln said you can't start a relationship with a big fat lie. Um, Sophie dismisses, but Sophie's a child, so I, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But I would like to imagine that if it was not Sophie and like an adult character or someone who would know that that's not something Lincoln really said, that it still would not have been acknowledged. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so Sophie's like, oh, I almost married Newt. And Corey's like, that's when Corey says, I got on the bus in my underwear. I thought that was weird how Corey tried to one-up her. Yeah. It's the like... Weird, kind of, even, even for him, kind of felt out of character. He's just a bad person at this point. <laughs> like, it's... I didn't want this to turn into uh, like a Zach Morris's trash esque Corey Baxter is trash, but <laughs> to be entirely honest, he's so unredeemable. So far, he's I he hasn't shown anyone a genuine act of kindness. No, it, I bet you if we went through the first two episodes and we now had this better sense of Corey is a prick, yeah, we would have even more things to point out that Corey is just a terrible person. Oh, I think so, definitely. So, uh, maybe he'll be redeemed, but it's going to take a lot, and I don't think that this show is willing to move the mountains that are necessary. No, I don't think we'll be seeing uh, Cigarette Corey anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are the good old days. Corey and That's a Raven, he was so pure. So pure. So, uh... Corey and Sophie have this like little bonding moment over how love is hard. It's kind of nice. Corey's like says to Sophie, "You're a cool kid," uh, and Sophie says, "Yeah, at least one of us will be okay." Regarding their love life, so I don't know. It was me. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, they didn't interact all episode. It doesn't really feel earned. Their relationship isn't growing. It's not developed. It's, eh. yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, that's the episode. That's it. So we get, like you said, no closure with the Mina plot. Right? That's never addressed. Okay. Mina is gone. Resolved. She leaves. We don't see her again. Corey gets no real moment of self growth or self reflection or self analysis or even acknowledgement. Mm. Uh, there is no President Martinez. There's no Samantha Samuels in this episode. Did you miss them? Didn't miss Samantha. Uh, I like checking in with the president, so I did miss him. We can still do approval rating this week because he was he. Who was he meeting with? Who he, was Victor he, making the cake for? So for? Victor, Victor made the cake uh, because the general, pre- right? President is having dinner with the general. That's all that we hear about President Martinez this week. So, I mean, last week we gave him a, or last week we both gave him a sixty percent. Yeah. Does this make it go up? To me, it just says he's doing his job. So I, I don't think it goes up, but I don't think it goes down. Yeah. I agree. I think it stays at that 60%. He's, he is doing his job. Maybe that's why he was so absent is he's maybe addressing real things other than just spinning in his chair and cutting ribbons. Hey, they won. <laughs> the uh, chair spin that he, he's been looking forward to. Uh, um, just, it, yeah, it was not an episode that I personally loved like i said the b plot i did adore me too i thought it was very charming very sweet cute fun a plot just treaded on Corey being a bad person without really doing anything interesting or saying anything interesting about him Mm -hmm. in the process no i do i appreciate that the show is willing to take us from Corey sitting at a table to Corey on the ceiling in an octopus with an octopus strapped to him in his underwear in a matter of like two minutes. I think that shows a level of creativity. At the same time, I almost think that a theme that we're starting to see with this show is that they run these plots forward and then they reach a point where they're, they they realize, Oh, we need to do something. That's a little bit like quirky, a little bit like how did Corey end up in this situation? And so they just, kind of piece it together and let it go it's worked so far i think but... the biggest issue is that it the show is conscious about these big moments that the episodes build to mm-hmm. like enough where they stick out as the they they're the most memorable parts like yeah Corey falling in horseshit the octopus battle mm-hmm. but everything leading up to those end of episode events it, it tends to be very dry, it tends to be very, kind of runs itself in circles, doesn't mm-hmm. really want to say anything, just kind of, it feels like characters are padding airtime to fill out the episode. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And the, you gotta also look at it, Victor has been a character who I've actually really enjoyed so far. Yeah, We've me- seen him so little, and like you said, this episode felt like the first time he's really been utilized properly. And because he's the only other character that we're taking into the show with previous knowledge from his time in That's a Raven, mm-hmm. I think that they've used him properly and that he does seem like still the same consistent character. It's so I agree. Str- it's so strange that Corey 
is not. He I really think this is a holdover from the fact that Raven Simone was offered the spinoff first. Mm-hmm. And because she said no, they had all these ideas for episodes with a lead character who is who consistently learns episodes by kind of making a comedy of errors about themselves. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even then, Raven was never this mean or cruel or... I, w- I want to say incompetent because Corey really does seem genuinely incompetent at times. Mm-hmm. And not as incompetent as Stickler. No, who... not now at least. Yeah, so I just, I like that we're at the point, we're three episodes in, we have a lot more to go, but I like that we're at the point where we're starting to get a better sense of these characters. Me too. And being able to properly track when they're being garbage. And when they're not, uh, Corey is just, he's a mess. He's not someone who I can root for at the moment. No. So. Um, and also, Victor has seen Corey, since they've moved, Victor has seen Corey come home covered in, in poop, uh, has seen Corey come home in his underwear, and the week that he didn't come home wearing anything weird, uh, was the week that he attacked an ambassador. And the ambassador's wife. So, at what point does someone in the White House... Like, maybe Samantha Samuels did have it figured out in the first episode when she was like, we gotta do something about this kid. Because... He's become a genuine liability. He, he has been. It wouldn't surprise me if Corey was somehow tied to... The, the previous security threats <laughs> and deaths of the past many presidents leading up to this designated survivor president that we have now. You actually just reminded me of something unrelated. Oh, sh- sh- go for before it. Before we move on. Um, so, Abraham Lincoln conscious, is that a sign of Corey's psychic powers? Oh. Uh, back to this. I think no. No, I think no, too, but... I think absolutely not. It's still fun to remember he has a psychic sister. (laughs) I wonder how she's doing in college. I bet you that whatever she's doing, uh, she's not being as awful as Corey is. Um, All right, what do we... uh, Rosebud Thorn, best part of this episode. What was your rose? Tea party. Yep. Me too. It was the saving grace. It gave the episode not not meat to chew on, but something to genuine to something to appreciate on you know an entertainment level. It was cute. It was. It was. There was, it, nothing, it, there was nothing to really dislike. It was handled well. Mm-hmm. I was kind of worried with the whole uh, Sophie has a crush on Newt thing. They wouldn't handle it tactfully, but <laughs> it was perfectly fine. There was nothing that stood out to me as icky or gross. It was just cute, charming. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And the uh, Bud, for me, the thing that I would like to see the show improve on or like I'm looking forward to seeing more of, I don't think I'm going to see this. I want to be very clear, but I would mm-hmm. love to see the conclusion to this. I would love to see Mina realize how trash Corey was in this entire scenario. I don't think we'll ever find no, out. Next episode, Mina and Corey are still going to be BFFs. And poor Mina does not realize that Corey is rude and mean-spirited. 
my um, butt. Yeah, what's yours? I'm going to say I want to see more of Victor. Mm-hmm. We're getting at a point where... I mean, I don't know if we're getting at a point because we don't actually know which episode this is. Yeah. But it seems like at this point, the writers know how to use Victor. Mm -hmm. They haven't shown that they don't, that they haven't demonstrated Victor. Okay, let me rephrase this. Mm -hmm. Victor hasn't been as poorly written as any of, as any other character in the series so far. He's been one of, one of the best written characters. Yeah, he's consistent. It's also, I think, because they don't use him often. But yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing him more, so long as it's in the vein of his B plot here. Because yeah. I, I like the parent character. I like that he gives the show some semblance of a message of a lesson, even if the lesson is completely inconsequential and really it's only relatable on the most basic of levels. Yeah, I, I think that we will see more of him. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see. I mean, tonight we saw him with Newt. So I, I and with without Corey, mm-hmm. also. So I'm curious to see if we continue to get uh, these strange combinations of characters of like a Mina Victor the I, that would be super strange, but like a Mina Victor the president <laughs> scenario. I, I I'm just curious what combinations of characters we'll see the show. Explore. Yeah, that's true. We have two seasons because. <laughs> On paper, I mean, if if you would have told me that we were going to get a Newt, Victor, Sophie storyline, I would have been a little bit confused about what that entailed of. Especially this early. Yeah. Yeah, right in the third episode, they give it to us. So, uh, for me, my thorn was Corey. Yeah, we're both on the same page here. Yeah. We'll have to see. I, I wonder if we're really in for this full series just being Corey being a bad person, being someone who we don't like. I feel that we can brace in for that being the case for most of season one. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to choose to be optimistic and believe that in between seasons one and two, Corey in the house will grow up a little bit. Yeah. We can only hope. We can only I, hope. I'm, I'm not as optimistic as you. <laughs> I could totally see, because I don't think that this show recognizes yet that Corey is a bad person. No, it doesn't. They still see him as this guy who, like, he's endearing because he loves Mina so much. But he's not, you can't root for him. No, not at all. So, uh, the last thing, the episode rating, what would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten i'm gonna give this one a four i also gave it a four wow damn it i knew i should have gone with my gut and gave it a three yeah it's the first time that we've been on the same i think every other one i've been one point above yeah that's true so uh this is also this is our second lowest episode so far what was our lowest? So our ranking right now is uh, new. So from worst to best is new kid in town. Uh, everybody loves Mina. Where there is smoke, so that's Raven episode, and then uh, ain't Miss Behavian. That right. has been our favorite so far. Which I stand by. Yeah, I'll, there's, I'd, I'd there's stand some by funny that. stuff in it. 
So, and so with that, I mean that that's all that we have to say about the episode. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about it? Uh, about this episode, no. I no. it it's interesting that we hadn't a presidentless episode this early. Yep, him being absent, I felt his absence. Especially, you'd think, given the premise of the show, you wouldn't want to air an episode like this third. So that's actually that's that's something interesting that I'm now thinking about. Is this plot could have happened? It, it's not tied to the White House. No, at least the A plot isn't. The B plot really isn't tied to it either. It could be any scenario in which a, there's a tea a, party and a misunderstanding. Yeah. Yep. You're right. And has anything really been tied to... So the first episode felt tied to the White House and the second one. But you're right. This third one feels a little bit removed completely I'm from going to pr- the expect White House. actually going to be the, the normal for Corey in the House. Kind of downplaying the White House angle and mainly using it as a backdrop more than anything. I hope that's not the case. And I don't, I actually disagree. I think that it's going to be more so leaning in on the president aspect of it because it's right there and it expands the scale of the story of, of like what's at risk if it's something that's more of a national. Like last week we saw what was at risk was this relationship with another country. And yeah. in the first episode, uh, not so much a massive scale, but still, I don't know, tied a little bit to the president's reputation. Yeah. So I think that things will be more tied to the fact that it is the White House. And just because the scale of the story can be that much bigger, mm-hmm. the, the stakes can be. So we shall, shall see what comes. And so for those of you who are uh, watching the show with us, uh, next week, we will be watching episode four, which is titled, We Built This Kitty on Rock and Roll. So maybe we'll be finding out more about their rock band. I hope so. I hope so, too. I, I Something needs to tie Corey down and give him yeah. some redeeming aspects. And so uh, with that, Ren, do, anything else you wanted to say? Or are you feeling good? Uh, I just want to say, I'm glad I got to watch this episode on my wedding day. Yeah, me too. Me too. Love was really in the air. And Mina found love. Sophie went through an entire marriage and breakup uh, in this episode. But I'm so happy for you, Ren. Congrats again on on the marriage. And um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, uh, according to the house, is a very uh, political show. And obviously, November 3rd. Uh, two right. days is is the election and so if we don't want to end up with a president martinez uh, and you have listened to all of this you definitely have the time in your life to go and vote um and so uh if you um need any help just let me know and i can uh can help with connecting you with your local polling place and making sure that that you can go and vote because that is something that is very very important so victor would want you to vote victor would definitely want you to vote victor did not find his way to the white house um by being a single issue by, 
No, but a single issue. But he looked at looked at everything that was on the table. So uh, great. Well, Ren, thank you so much for taking the time um, to to fun. talk and do this on on your wedding day. Congrats again, thank and you. to all of our listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook now uh, and subscribe and rate us and all of that. And we will uh, see you next week. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Raising Randy Mantum electric guitar.